And it is the Saturday Coffee Clutch with Heather Lofthouse and yours truly back again. Uh, and Heather, this, is, this has been a, a pretty interesting week. I mean, particularly in foreign policy. I know. It's been a real doozy. Um, and foreign policy doesn't normally occupy as central a place as it is now. But um, I'll tell you, I am very, very concerned mm -hmm. both about Ukraine and Israel yeah. in terms of foreign policy. Yeah. So what are the updates from the week? Well, on Ukraine, uh, the Republicans are playing into Putin's plan. I mean, Putin wants nothing more than Trump to be president and for the Republicans to lead the charge against Ukraine, which actually lets Putin take over Ukraine. I mean, that's, that's basically it. Uh, and all of these Republican hawks, you remember, does anybody remember when the Republican Party was a, a party of foreign policy hawks, particularly against the Russians, the Soviets? Uh, well, that's gone. Yeah. Now, why is that? I think it's dictator to dictator. Well, I think uh, it's dictator to dictator in terms of Trump. I mean, Trump has been signaling that he doesn't want us to be involved in in Ukraine. And uh, I, th I think it's it's his relationship with Putin. Yeah. Is that does that sound? That's what I think. I mean, he uh, Trump is the kind of person who who projects his own views onto other people. When he said General Milley was a traitor, what he was really saying is that he Trump is the traitor. I know he's a human projector. He is a human I mean, projector. It's like Absolutely. His sonar bouncing off yeah. everywhere. Um, on Israel. Uh, I, frankly, I, I just, it goes from bad to worse. Yeah. I mean, now the Israelis are focusing on southern Gaza, uh, bombing the hell out of some of southern Gaza. This is where the Israelis told the Gazans to go to avoid uh, being killed. Uh, already you have more children killed in this conflict, and I'm talking about Palestinian children, Gaza children, uh, than you've had in any conflict around the world in the entire year 2022. Uh, it can't, that is a horrible statistic. Can it, we just well, it's sit a terrible, on that for it's, a minute? It's a terrible statistic, and, and it puts the Democrats, it puts Biden in a terrible position, because how can Biden continue to justify this kind of, of barbarism? I mean, I it, what worries me and what, what frustrates me, I don't know, I'd be very interested in what you have to say about this. Uh, you have Americans taking sides. Yep. Uh, you know, you're either pro-Palestinian or you're pro-Israeli. And you, you can't be in between and you can't be, you well, know. You, but why can't you blame both sides? Why can't That's you right. say, uh, you know, the Hamas... Uh, did horrible things on October 7th and is still trying to do horrible things. And it's, it really does want genocide uh, with regard to Israelis and Jews. Uh, and the Israeli government under Netanyahu is doing absolutely horrible, despicable things yep. in Gaza. Uh, and why can't you say that? Why do you, have to, why do you have to be on one side or the other? I know. Well, I think it is. You can say that, but many people feel one is worse. Right. And they feel these are my justifications for that. And I believe it firmly. And if you don't believe it, then, you know, well, I disagree I, with you. But it's it, it's kind of it's a reductionist simplification to say one is worse than the other. They're both horrible. I know. This is a horrible situation. I know. Uh, and, um, you know, the, uh, Biden has got to put pressure on Netanyahu to. <coughs> excuse me. Biden has got to put pressure on Netanyahu to save lives. Yeah. 
uh, civilians. Uh, and, and to stop killing. And, and to stop the killing, yep. stop the bloodshed. It looked like he was on that track, uh, you know, when they, there was a ceasefire, temporary, a humanitarian ceasefire. But now we're back to yep. killing. I know. I know. <sighs> I have to think that another temporary ceasefire, permanent one, is coming. I don't know. I, I don't know. Blinken, behind, behind, right. Blinken is trying to organize that. Uh, Biden, I would say, should uh, be much more explicit yeah. uh, in terms of his disagreements with right. Netanyahu. Right. I agree. Can we talk about Biden for a minute? His week? Yeah. How uh, is his week? I don't know. I mean, some would you call them gaffes? I don't know. He said things that I personally, if he had asked, he didn't ask. Did he ask you? He didn't say, Heath, should I say this? Did he ask you? Did he, Did ask, he ask anybody, anybody? there? But I, so tell us, you've watched the news. You've been paying attention. Well, on Tuesday, uh, Biden said that um, actually, uh, if he, if Trump wasn't running, he would not be running. Hello? Now that does not sound alpha and... <laughs> no, but it's a, it's a completely Even different... Even if it's true, that's an inside thought. It's a different, it's a different <laughs> kind of approach to the campaign. And then on Wednesday, uh, Biden was asked, uh, are there other Democrats that could beat Trump? And he said, oh, yes, 50. 50? I mean, <laughs> his campaign was premised, one of the premises was that he is the only one who can beat Trump. I know. So it's... Uh, there's some logical fallacies. There's some logical fallacies. You, you did logic as an undergraduate. Yeah, yeah. and that doesn't, that doesn't work. Hmm. I can officially tell you that. It's not great to refute your earlier argument. Um, but why, I mean, I don't know. Why is he, what is he, why is he saying that? Just because he's just off the cuff guy? Um, I, well, he, he is known for saying things that he's not supposed to say. And I don't think he minds going off script, right. but his handlers go crazy. We had a good run though, where I feel like there were fewer off script moments. Yep. But, but here but, we are. One, but here's the, one of the biggest problems, um, because the press keeps on talking about his age. Yep. As if Trump's age is not an issue. I know. I mean, Trump is 77, but he Trump's gaffes uh, yep. are every bit as huge. In fact, they're larger than Biden's gaffes. Yep. I mean, Trump keeps on getting you know confused between Biden and uh, You're Obama. Confused. I mean, You're confused. I mean, that's I mean, what he says to yeah, that. Yeah, well, he does the, the projection. Yeah, it's not good. But So I think part of it is we have to point these things out, right? I think part of the job of, you know real news organizations, other people on social media, educational, you know, factories of digital content is to point this stuff out. The, well, the, a lot of people are not paying attention to this. And they don't even, people don't, who I talk with, don't even realize that if Trump is elected, uh, he would be the oldest person ever elected president. Right. Hello? And what about Biden? Well, yes, he would <laughs> Right, but, right. No, I know. But, but both, we don't talk about that. But both of them would be the oldest person yeah. ever elected president. Um, in terms of uh, other things that have happened this week, jobs report? Well, there, there's good news for Biden because 199,000 new jobs. That's very respectable. And 3.7% unemployment. Yeah. Very, very good. Yep. Very respectable. Uh, but still, many people I talk with say... Well, that's great, but I'm not feeling it. I mean, I prices are not coming down. I know. So uh, the, one of the problems that Biden continues to run into is that people think that inflation coming down should mean prices coming down. Yeah. Inflation coming down, well, you all know this, right? 
inflation coming down means that the rate of price increase is coming down, and that's great. But prices are not falling because a lot of companies have too much monopoly power, and the only way you actually get them to reduce their prices, even though their costs are going down, is if you use antitrust laws. Right, because they are choosing to keep prices high. Let's they're just choosing. be clear. Yeah. And they're using inflation as a convenient cover, I would say. And they've been doing that for now right. two years. Right. Corporate profits in the big companies are still at record highs. Yeah. And they're using, you know, they're using their profits. Seventy uh, percent of corporate profits are being put into buybacks. They're buying back their shares of stock. Yeah. Uh, so what's happening, and and this is something that I wish the White House and Biden would be talking about. You have a lot of workers who are not getting raises, uh, and at the same time you've got these big mammoth monopolies, and they are raising prices or not lowering prices, but what they're doing is making their shareholders better yep. off. And the top richest 1% has 52% of all the value of all the shares yep. held by Americans. Yep, and I saw an interesting poll this week that says this kind of messaging helps in swing states with swing voters. I think it does. Uh, and, you know, you've got to talk about big corporations. I, 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 you and I have talked about this one, once before. Um, when Al Gore, in the year 2000, was running mm. against uh, George W., mm -hmm. uh, there, were, there was a period of about three weeks when Al Gore said the real choice here is between the people and the powerful. Ooh. It was a, an amazing. I mean, I his, and his, his polls went soaring upward. Right. Um, but Wall Street, was very, <laughs> Wall Street was very upset, and big corporations, a lot of yeah. funders said, why are you doing this? You of can't course. do this. Uh, but that's where people are. They want to hear that. Yeah. And that's a good, uh, people like a binary choice. And... The people versus the powerful. Right, it's that a good one. is that does yeah. describe the choice. I yeah. mean, you know, uh, CEO pay right now is three hundred ninety times the pay of the average worker. No, when I was uh, in the sixties, seventies, yeah. it was uh, twenty or thirty percent, thirty times the pay of the average worker. I mean, it's, it's completely out of control. I know, we know this. So, what do we do about CEO pay? Well, there there are many ideas. Uh, one idea that actually is getting a little bit of traction in Congress right now is you vary the rate of the corporate tax right. dependent on the ratio of CEO pay to average worker pay. If that ratio is small, uh, then, you know, the tax is lower. But if the CEO is running away with uh, everything, right. you are going to punish the corporation. Right. And then you can also have additional taxes at the county or state or... Absolutely. City level, absolutely. If you go over a certain amount or a certain ratio, and that's but, been done in San Francisco. But remember, uh, the corporations these days are doing better, big yeah. corporations, than they have in the last twenty years. It, I mean, corp. If if you're looking for where the money is, yeah. Was it Willie Sutton, the mm -hmm. bank robber? Yeah, yeah. Who said, you know, when they answer, somebody asked him, "Why are you robbing banks?" He said, "Because where, that's the where the money is." Mm -hmm. If you're looking for the where the money is, it's big corporations. He should do messaging. He's profit. good. Will is he still alive? Willie Sutton, no. I think he, he robbed one Wait, too many Wait, is he banks. the one who did a fake version of himself in the bed and escaped? No, that was a different guy. No, that was a little, you know, that was a different guy. Very clever, though. <laughs> who was that one? <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Okay, um, so we've covered some important stuff. What about, this is sad, and I'm sure you all saw this too, Norman Lear died this week. 
at, he at the was, age of 101. I saw that. And he was a force in Hollywood and otherwise. Now, unlike our feedback. discussion last week about Henry Kissinger, uh, who died at the age of 100, Norman Lear, I think, was one of the most creative and important people in terms of public education. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of the family was revolutionary. I yeah. mean, I remember in the 70s and 80s, uh, you know, Archie Bunker, Archie Bunker was the personification of not only a bigot, but a, a bigot who was confused and, and uh, endearing at the same time. Right. I mean, you know, Donald Trump is a, an Archie Bunker, but he oh. said, he, there's nothing, you laugh at Archie Bunker. Um, and, and that's Trump, how Norman Lear created the, the part on purpose. On and purpose. he believed that. He, he believed wanted, he wanted people some... to talk about right. all of these stuff, uh, all of the, the, you know, a lot of discrimination, uh, issues of uh, LGBTQ, uh, all, of the, all of the problems that nobody was talking about Right, on and see themselves or a family member in, that, in parts of that character or something. So confront it. And... Um, it was tr- true of all of his. I mean, he did the what, the Jeffersons yep, and Maud. Yeah, and I mean, uh, he so had many. one time. What time he had seven hits on television. Yeah, and the executives, you know, the television executives just didn't. Want, oh yeah. I mean, very uh, often, uh, he told me once that he had to put his himself on the line. He had to say, "If you don't go along with me, I'm going to take all my shows." Off. And he did. he did. Wow. I mean, he put it, he did that. He, he was served tough. To him. That's he impressive. Was, he was very, Wait, very did tough. you know him? You just said what he said to me once. I met, I, I met him once, once uh, at the 2004 Democratic Convention. Oh, interesting. He was, he was 82 at the time. I see. But he was spry and he had all his energy. Yeah. And, That's um, a real loss. And he was the founder of People for the American Way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he used a lot of, I mean, he was very wealthy from all these shows. And he used a lot of his wealth um, to help uh, really uh, promote uh, social justice. Yeah, yeah. So he's a, it's a great loss. Yeah, 101. Goodness me. I don't know if you heard Rob Reiner, uh, who was Meathead. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Yeah, of course. Rob Reiner, I, I heard him on, on the radio talking um, about Norman Lear. And at the end of the interview, he said, you know, Norman would... Hate it if I didn't say before the end of this interview. If you want to vote for democracy, vote for Biden. If you want fascism, vote for Trump. He did. <laughs> this was this on NPR, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Reiner's up there. I mean, he's out on X. Is he still? He might have left X. I don't know. I don't know X, who's but on X. I mean, he's like in the mix these days. Okay, so this has been helpful. I'm gonna. Um, I think I'm gonna play our final song, but I did want to mention, you know this, Hmm. but for new listeners, do you know that our theme songs at the beginning and the end were composed by Substack readers? Yes, by you. Thank you. Thank you all of you. Several of you. Yeah, we did a call. I think this was a year, over a year ago. Mm -hmm. Well, the clutches, I don't know, we've been doing it 14 months or something. Anyway, so we said, I think we need a theme song. And that was it. We got 40 theme songs came in and the two and we played a bunch of them and we listed them and they were all terrific. Um, so who are, the, who are the composers? Right. So the one we intro with is Corey Kaup and the composer is Deirdre Broderick. We love that one. Now, I actually have a longer version of it, but I don't know if people have the time for that, but I can play it for you after this. If it goes an hour, I mean, yeah, yeah you might big deal. Do that. And then the outro is done by Joseph Lawson. And actually, he gave a name to his. He has an initial, a, a name, which is um, Cool Beans of the Third Dimension. 
Well, that's very impressive. Uh, by the way, the other thing I wanted to just before the end yeah. say is that you hmm. talked about last week, uh, you discovered that I had been the host of the O'Reilly Factor in the year 2000, 2001? 2000. There were two episodes. Don't try and pretend there was just one. And you, d you dug it up and you had somebody edit it. And so I'm going to put those on uh, on this page. You wait. You wait. It was a different world, except it, it was, was the exact world. same world, which is the whole point of it. But Michael on our team said, here it is. Because I said, we've got to find it. And he said, dun da da dun So we'll put the link down below. Now, don't hold it against me. Remember, this was a different Fox News. But the idea that I was a host on Fox News, I've tried to, you know, shield you all from that reality. But I do think it was interesting that that was possible. And I, it absolutely would not happen today. Oh. No, it oh. would not. And oh, there was a time no. when it would. I don't know. There was a... It was different. Uh, it was everything different. was different. Okay. On that note... On that positive note, uh, listen, uh, Heather Lofthouse, thank you. Thank you, Bob. Robert Wright. Uh, and all of you have a great week. We will see you next Saturday. <laughs>